Behind every song is a voice, and every voice is a story. The journeys behind the voices brings life to the music that shapes each of us. Brought to you by Visible Music College and in partnership with the largest online Christian music site new release today, this is Behind the Tunes, and I am your host, Austin Black. Together, we will explore those journeys, the journeys behind the artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Today with Kobe James of KobeJames.com. Kobe, thanks so much for hanging out today, man. Dude, absolutely. It's a pleasure. Now, you are originally from, I guess, outside Riley, North Carolina. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Right outside of it, kind of in a little little town, Wake Forest, Youngsville area. All right. So how did Kobe James get from Riley, outside North, Riley, North Carolina, to Nashville, Tennessee today? Man, well, I, I played a show in a bar opening for a band that just so happened to be, uh, the lead singer just happened to be a, a, a manager in CCM Music, and he, he heard me, and he's like, man, I want to I wanna help you figure this music thing out, and he took me to Nashville, I started writing here, and then uh, a couple tours later, and I moved here. That's, that's, the, that's the very short version of the story, but <laughs> it's a crazy one. What was the name of his band? <laughs> His band name was Weekend Excursion. He did it all through his like early twenties and thirties. Like he did, he was in the band, and uh, they were doing like a reunion show at this bar, and that was the band I opened for. It was all a god thing. Oh wow, that's fascinating. So you just so happened to be opening up for a band that doesn't even play anymore with a guy that just so happens to be a manager for CCM Music. Absolutely. I mean, that even saying it, hearing it back, is absolutely insane. You can't make this stuff up, man. That's. <laughs> Unbelievable. So how old now you're are you nineteen now? I am. I'm nineteen now. So how old were you when you came to Nashville? I was sixteen when I came to Nashville. Um sixteen, about to turn seventeen. Uh started writing with some of my some people that now are like some of my lifelong friends, like that first week and we wrote some songs. We actually wrote Pressure and Far From Home, which are on my first EP that first week I came to Nashville. Um, and it was just like a love connection. I fell in love with the city. I fell in love with music. And uh, I started coming back every single month. So did your whole family move to Nashville when you moved? No, nah, just me. Uh, I got off. I stepped off the tour um, that I was on and stepped into my new place in Nashville, Tennessee. And then the week I got and settled into my new place, um, Corona happened and everything shut down. And so, man, it was a uh, it was a time. But let me tell you, God has been amazing in it. That is unbelievable. Again, we're here with Kobe James. Well, Kobe, what first got you into music, man? Man, so a girl broke my heart when I was 15. It happened. And I started, you know, you know, I started writing songs, and they were just little love songs, little heartbreak songs. And, you know, I remember distinctly uh, my dad was driving me to class one day. We were going to, because uh, I was homeschooled, so we, we did classes outside of my house. But uh, he was driving me to a class, and we were listening to a song. I was like, check this out. And he was like, dude, like, this is so great. He's like, it'd be so cool for you to do something in Christian music because he's like, nobody does anything like what you do. Nobody sounds like you sound, nobody. And I was like, man, that's actually a really good point. And so I sat with it for a few days, and I, I tried to write a Christian song, and it was uh, my favorite one that I've written so far. And so uh, 
I, I never looked back after that, and I just dedicated myself to CCM. So you're, you kind of begin playing music. You begin writing music, Girl Breaks Your Heart, Tale as Old as Time. So who, was there, were there people, you know, your dad, I guess, encouraging you there? Is your, is your family musical? Were there people kind of pouring into you musically? Yeah, so um, my dad was not very musical, but he loved music. So he was, okay. he was he influenced us growing up with John Mayer, Dave Matthews, like all kinds of like really, really amazing artists. Like they were just on around the house all the time. So that was a huge inspiration. And my mom sings in the worship team, and she has a beautiful voice. And um, But other than that, it doesn't really go much further. My uncle uh, did some stuff in the music industry when he was younger. So, I mean, there's some, there was some, a uh, little bit in the bloodline there, but but not a ton. Uh, I had an amazing guitar teacher growing up who really poured into me and uh, helped me learn how to produce and how to play guitar in a way that, like, I wanted to, like, express myself. And so I had, I had people like that really pour into me. So as you begin to kind of get into the music and, and you know, Dad is encouraging you there and you try, you know, writing a Christian song, and were, were you ever, were you writing, I mean, were you playing in the church? Or were you, you know, you said you, they found you in a bar, you know, were you, were you playing in the church and in the bar here and there? What was that story like for you starting out just, just trying to play and get, get experience? Yeah. Well, I was the leader uh, in the worship team uh, for my youth group. So I did that every single Wednesday night. That was what I did. I played guitar and sang. Not really. I just played guitar on uh, the big church stage down, uh, downstairs with the, um, with, the big, uh, with, with the group of people or whatever. And um, So that was kind of like my church experience. And I did some stuff in the dramas and stuff like that. But... I, uh, I started playing some shows like the State Fair, some uh, some small little gigs that we could get whenever by just calling and trying our best to get involved. And uh, that bar show was one of them because it was a bar that my uncle uh, helped open, and he was he's not a part of the bar anymore, but he helped open it a long time ago. So that was our end to play the bar. And so I played that bar, and then everything kind of started from there. Kobe, do you remember the first album you ever bought with your own money? Oh, man. Uh, let me think. I think it was like, I think it was like "Trouble" by Taylor Swift. I'm not gonna lie oh, to you. Like it was like, I, it was it was that song. I think. Um, yeah, I, I'm not proud of it, but you know. Hey, we got listen. We got to own all of it. We got to own all. That's right. I'll be honest with you though. A couple of years ago, my, before Corona shut everything down, my wife bought me uh, tickets to see Taylor there in uh, in Nashville, and she puts on a show, man. Yeah, she does. That's what I'm told, man. Who are your influences growing up musically? Man, 100% John Mayer. He was on. My dad loved him. He was always on around the house. And uh, Room for Squares, his first album was monumental in me making music and my guitar playing and all that. Um, I'd say Ed Sheeran was huge back in 2015 when I started writing. Shawn Mendes, Justin Bieber, like those were definitely some huge inspirations. Uh, Nick Jonas, now the Jonas Brothers, like all of those guys, like I definitely had a love for pop music. Um, but on the CCM side, for sure, Torn Wells was huge. Like in 2015, when he came out with Hills and Valleys and Known, like I was singing those every week in, in youth group. Like they just gave me a love for Christian music that I hadn't really had before. Like I fell in love with the sounds, with the lyrics. And that was something really cool for King Country was huge too for that. And um, There's been a lot of those artists, but Casting Crowns was one of the biggest Christian artist influences uh, growing up. So, like, I went to, like, four of their concerts, and, like, they were just huge. They were always on. And then uh, 
the more nostalgic artists are like Michael Jackson and Prince. I mean, absolutely. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Thriller, bad. I mean, absolutely. Like, I love Michael Jackson. All right. With all that in mind, all these influences you just threw out, if you could yep. open up for anybody, dead yep. or alive, who would it be? Yep. Who would it be? It would 100%. I couldn't follow up Michael Jackson. I couldn't do Michael Jackson. That would be impossible. <laughs> I mean, it's not even worth it at that point. You know, I, I walk out stage, he comes out here moonwalking. It, it wouldn't even matter what I just did. <laughs> so I, I'd probably have to say John Mayer would be the dream or, or Ed Sheeran would be the other dream or, or, or Bieber. One of, one of those three. I think those would be. But more than likely John Mayer, I think that would be the dream. Hey, listen, we'll, we'll drop some emails. We'll just see what happens, all right? We'll just see what Man, happens. Man, we're going to try our best. We're going to try with Kobe James. KobeJames.com here on Behind the Tunes. Kobe, what's your songwriting process like? Man, it's hard to even put it into one, into one system. But, I mean, really, every single time I, I go into the room, sometimes I have something on the guitar that's, that's interesting and neat. Sometimes I have a lyric idea. Sometimes I have melodies. Um, but either way, I love collaboration, so I love getting people in the room uh, and people showing off their gifts maybe I don't have, and we, we all come up with something cool together. So, you know, that's definitely, like, I could literally sit here and tell you every single song and how we did it, and every single song, there's a different combination of how we got it. Um, I think if you could put it all into words, then, then everybody would be able to do it, you know, how to, how to make a, a good song, you know. So I think that's the beauty of it is that there is no, you know, system. But, uh, yeah. I agree. Do you you say you love collaboration, and a lot of people, I guess, find it necessary. But I, it's rare that I hear people say, "Man, I just love," you know, writing in collaboration because it's it brings its own set of challenges. What do you what do you you, you mentioned? You know, everybody brings their own ideas and their own uh, things they they throw into the pot there. But what about collaboration? Do you just love from a writing standpoint? Yeah. Well, I'm a huge extrovert, so I love people. I love getting to know people. I love relationships. Um, I love working with people. That's just something that I always like. I mean, there's some artists I really love writing on their own, and I've definitely written a lot on my own. I mean, for the first three years, two years, that's all I did. And then every now and then I'll write a song that you know I want to release that I just write, but, but there's something beautiful about getting other opinions. When I write a line down, I'm the only person proof-checking it. I'm the only person saying, hey, is this the best thing we can come up with? And that only goes with so far, but when you have somebody else on the outside say, like, hey, we could say it like this or word it like this or here, let's change this idea and make it fit like this. It's just like another brain coming at the puzzle, which is, like, my favorite thing. Also say, you know, what I come up with lyrically may not be something somebody else comes up lyrically. And what I come up with mel melodically, like, that may not be what they have. So, like, it's so cool to have such a, it just gives you more, because I feel like it's easy to fall into the same habits as a writer and as an artist. Like, you can definitely fall into the same things. So having different people helps break those things. Producers, different writers, it just helps. It helps things stay fresh and have different perspectives, which I love. Reading up on your story, getting ready for the interview today, you know, many of your songs have come out of difficult times um, that you experienced, you know, growing up and different time, different things. Do you find it as a struggle to be honest in your songwriting, or is that really just the catalyst for you? Yeah, honestly, I'm a super open book. Like, I'm just an open person in general. Uh, that was always something about me. Like, 
I, I never understood about other people. Like when people don't just share their stories, I'm always like, why? Like, that's just the truth. That's just who you are. Like for me, if anybody asks me anything, I'm getting them to be straight up and honest about it. So for me, it's, it's really easy to walk into a room and just be like, here's my life. Here's what happened. Like, let's write about it. Or here's what I'm dealing with right now. Like, let's write about it. And like, you know, I feel like there's a, there's a, there's a asset that comes with that that I'm really, really like thankful for and blessed to have because, um, I couldn't imagine not being able to share that stuff. Like that's what I feel like is my relatability. That's what helps connect to people. And so uh, I think God gave me a story and I'm blessed enough to, to have one to share with people. So why not share it? You know, Again, we're getting ready to wrap up here with Kobe James. Kobe, there's a few things like live music. Uh, yeah. So many great things happen, but there's always some goofy things that happen along the way, too. <laughs> Do you have a most embarrassing onstage moment that sticks out to you? Oh, absolutely. You said it, and I, I knew where it was. I mean, I, I uh, my live touring repertoire is very small as uh, – not smaller than most artists you know i haven't gone out on as many tours but the one incident because i'm generally just an acoustic act right now i just normally take out my acoustic guitar and kind of bang around on it and do some fun stuff but um there's one show in particular so one thing about my guitar is that it's in standard tuning so it's the way every guitar is tuned except it's down a whole step so my bottom string is d and so with that all my songs that i play are in a lot of open kind of like i'm playing it like I would a regular guitar. So I was on stage one night and I had a string break, like the beginning of the set or the end of one of the songs. And I ended up being able to finish the song with, with, with a broken string. And then I like, I told whatever the guy, the sound guy, I was like, Hey dude, I, I broke a string, like whatever. And he brought me out Danny's acoustic guitarist, like his guitar. And he gave it to me. But the issue was, it was in a different tuning. So I'm sitting here, like, trying to talk to the audience. And I'm like, how do I, like, fix this in my head to, like, play it the correct way? And it was, it was genuinely a nightmare. And then I think, and then to top that off, my in-ear monitors, the things that help me hear myself and the guitar, went out as well. And so I'm sitting here with a guitar and a different tuning. I can't hear myself. And, like, the sound's bouncing off the, the theater and coming back at me, and it's, like, delayed. I, I about, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I almost cried. It was, a, it was an awful experience. Oh, <laughs> man. Those are the ones, like, people don't understand, like, when stuff is just is going in, in chaos like that. Like, no, your heart's dude. going a billion miles an, miles an hour. Your mind's going a billion and one miles an hour. Yes, it's right. just survival mode. I hear you, dude. man. I hear you. That's a good dude. one. That's a good one. Dude, man. Well, Kobe, I love to end with a little rapid fire. You got your game face on? I got my game face on. Let's do it. What's the last Halloween costume you remember wearing? Oh, man. Probably Spider-Man. Favorite junk food? Oh, goodness. Um, I'm going to say licorice. Really? Yeah, That's I don't know. It's kind of fun. First for me. All right. Liz, you, can have, <laughs> you can have all mine. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, probably chocolate. Probably chocolate. Name one of the seven dwarfs. Sleepy. Climb a mountain or jump from an airplane? Jump from an airplane every single day of the week. What color is your toothbrush? What'd you say? What color is your toothbrush? Blue and white. In the movie about your life, the Kobe James story, what actor would play you? Uh... Probably maybe Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield. Come on with it. Batman or Superman? 
ooh, Batman every day of the week. If you had to teach any subject in school, what would it be? Music. <laughs> <laughs> you got a time machine for one day. Where and when do you go? I'm going to go back to see Jesus. Come on. Favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, man. Probably, as a kid, probably Dragon Tales. As a younger guy in high school, probably Star Wars The Clone Wars. All right. S something you hate that everyone else loves? Um, open chords on a guitar, like open G chords. All right. <laughs> Love it. And last but not least, you're in the circus. Would you rather be the person with their head in the lion's mouth or get shot out of a cannon? Shot out of a cannon. I this was awesome. Might. He's Kobe James. <laughs> Kobe, you've been great, man. Been a ton of fun. Thanks so much for hanging out. Dude, heck yeah. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. We'll catch you down the line. You've been listening to Behind the Tunes with Austin Black, produced by Grayson Rucker. A special thank you to our sponsor, Visible Music College, a music and worship school that trains and disciples students for the music industry and the church. You can learn more about them at visible.edu. And you can reach the show at behindthetunes at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Be sure to tune in next time as we go Behind the Tunes.